Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. I'm Eric McMahon. Michigan football is 5-0 and ranked second in the country heading into its game at Minnesota. We bring you the latest news on the Wolverines and what to look for in Saturday night's matchup coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be with you here Thursday morning, October 5th, two days away from Michigan's game at Minnesota in prime time in Minneapolis. We've got some things to catch up our listeners on. Um, We'll get to Minnesota in a little bit, but let's start with just things specifically from the Michigan side uh, that we learned this week um, in, in the various, you know, press conferences and interviews. I don't know where you, where do you guys want to start? Jim Harbaugh talked to us on Monday and he, he sure loves the unselfishness of this team. Ryan Zook, you wrote about it, so maybe you can kind of take the lead there because he went on for at length about, you know, the the unselfishness of, of this 2023 Michigan football team. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh, noted big physics guy, I guess. I mean, it kind of just went off on his one of his uh, ramble sessions and kind of just – you never know what's going on in, on in his head. But, like, yeah, I mean, he compared this team as – like basically, right now they're they're riding high and, and ascending, but the, is the laws of gravity always uh, sort of certain new <laughs> Isaac Newton's laws of gravity? I mean, there there's always bound for a lull and a dip, but that they're trying to defy that and, and stay on top. And he believes that the unselfishness of this team. I mean, whether it's Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards not getting their twenty to thirty carries a game anymore. Cornelius Johnson not being a, a go-to target and taking on more of a blocking role, offensive line rotation, JJ McCarthy only throwing like 16 passes a game. They're they're all on board for the betterment of the team, and he thinks that's a it's a, a special recipe for success that that uh, is pretty rare in college football. Part of me wonders too if, if they're as bored as we are watching these games. I know they're not going <laughs> to say it out loud or anything, but like. They've been relatively easy, you know. Yes, there have been struggles in the first half in some of these games, but by and large, Michigan's coached the wins, and there hasn't really been any, you know, game in in the balance. So I, I don't know. It's as we've said, this Big Ten schedule is nothing that they can control. I mean, you can only play who you're assigned and play the teams in your division. So, um, but I, I don't know. It, it, it's tough to measure how good this team is. It's tough to say like 
if they're getting better, the coaches say they are. And I think there's probably some truth there from what we've seen, but it, it's, I don't know. It, you got to keep yourselves entertained somehow. I, I think they're trying to do that. Um, you know, given the fact that they've still got, you know, three or four games until the schedule really starts heating up. Yeah. I'm thinking back to like our, one of our preseason predictions. I don't think it was in the, the story we published, but I think we hit it, hit on it on the pod, whether any Wolverine would at least get invited um, you know, to New York for the Heisman ceremony. I can't recall exactly where we landed on it. I might have said maybe I thought JJ could get there because, you know, the, the quarterback of a undefeated team, um, you know, usually is, is, is in the mix. And I don't know, I th- through five games, it's probably looking like maybe no. I mean, he's he's up there as far as passer rating. He's, he's fifth in the country in, in that stat. But, you know, in just yards per game, he's he's nowhere near the top and, you know, touchdowns, things like that. He's He's been incredibly... Uh, efficient and effective, um, but he he doesn't have those counting counting stats like some of these other quarterbacks, and that's kind of true down the line for this Michigan team. I believe the question was who is most likely to end up at you know at the Heisman Trophy ceremony, and, and I I think I said JJ, but I also prefaced with by saying I didn't think any of them he was most likely, but I didn't think any of them were going to get there because as we you know we thought the carries would be kind of divvied up. I didn't I didn't see Blake Corum duplicating what he was was a, what he was able to do last year and Michigan just doesn't throw the ball enough for JJ to like make a make a legitimate case so and it's kind of playing out how we expected I think many of us probably thought maybe Donovan would be producing a little bit more than he has um, but for at least from my perspective it, it's played out just about how, I, how how we expected it they're just Michigan's offense doesn't and this goes back to the unselfishness thing right like Michigan's offense doesn't isn't set up for someone to quote unquote like shine above everyone else, they just they don't throw enough. They're not passing enough, or they're not running enough. Um, it's it's a very balanced scheme that gets multiple people involved, and uh, and doesn't really like promote one one guy over everyone else. Right now, JJ McCarthy thirty to one odds to win the Heisman Trophy, behind one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven other players. So, I mean, I guess it's now the realm of possibility, but still looking kind of like a long shot at, at this point. And I think Michigan would need to be in some closer games, and and him to really have like a five, six touchdown performance, like a Caleb Williams in and more of a, a shootout type of game than than how they've the, than the, how they've been winning games to start this year. And I'd make the case too. He's only high up there right now because Michigan is unbeaten and they're projected to win the Big Ten and be in the playoff talk again. Like he's going to get recognized. People are going to talk about him. But you're right, Ryan. Like he's going to have to put together a couple of massive games, whether that's against Penn State, against Ohio State, where he's putting big numbers and having have that like quote unquote Heisman moment to to I think put him put him on that stage. Yeah, Blake Corum, 50 to 1, which seems, I mean, I thought it would be a little bit loftier odds than that, just considering his, his yard total hasn't really been there. But again, still still early. And I, I think, yeah, I think Aaron mentioned this yesterday. He, he said on the radio recently, he feels like he hasn't even played in the fourth quarter yet because they've been ahead by so many points. Yeah. And this is going to all come down to, you know, again, we've talked about Michigan's backloaded schedule. So that that's where it's going to be for, you know, these individual players to, to try to shine on against better teams on bigger stages as well. Um, I guess, yeah, going along the theme of, of the unselfishness and kind of, you know, divvying up, um, you know, the the success and, and the production. Um, let, let's talk about the offensive line, because, you know, Jim Harbaugh talked about on Monday the possibility of, you know, rotating in 
with that group. They do it on the defensive line. You know, can it work on the offensive line as well? Do you think they'll actually do this? That that's probably the right question here, right? Are they actually going to do this? Because Jim Harbaugh has been known to throw stuff out there in the past, like Alex Orgy and kick return that we never see the light of day. Uh, so we'll see where things go with the offensive line. I mean, so much. I think the offensive line is predicated more on cohesion than maybe any other unit on the team. So I, I, I think it'd be a tall task, a big ask to ask Sharon Moore to like rotate more of these guys in and get them in earlier in games and, and everything else. Now look, may, maybe they try it. Um, you know, maybe they give it a go. I, I just, I don't know how it's going to work out. It, nonetheless, Jim Harbaugh seems uh, he, he wants to see more Trent Jones in the game. He hasn't, you know, he did play a little bit on, on Saturday, played more than he had coming in. Um, they, they seem to like what they got out of Darius Henderson at left tackle, but we also have to keep in mind that he isn't like a, a natural tackle and he hasn't played a ton up until he hadn't played a ton up until Saturday. So I think the, the, the shift the last couple of weeks with, you know, moving Carson Barnhart to right tackle inserting Ladarius is more the result of miles Hinton, not being hundred percent healthy than it is anything else. And that seems to be like the response all the coaches keep giving like miles Hinton has been banged up. So there's a reason the movements happened. Um, they, they thought they liked what they had got. They were getting on the offensive line a couple of weeks ago. And I think it was an opportunity for them to build on that. Unfortunately, Miles has been banged up. So I don't know if it's going to happen. I think in Jim Harbaugh's ideal world, they rotate as many guys in as possible and and without the drop-off. But I have a hard time imagining that not happening or that happening with them, you know, trying to put, you know, seven, eight guys up front. Yeah, it's not going to be like hockey shift changes where it's like, all right, guys come in for a couple plays and then on the same drive. Like, I think it's going to be a drive-by-drive basis. And, I mean – Judging by Michigan's upcoming schedule, they'll probably be up big in the fourth quarter again. So I'm sure those Trenty Joneses and, and a lot of the other second-team uh, guys are going to get some playing time, but it's going to be with each other in a blowout game instead of meaningful reps early in the game. Would That would be my guess. It's definitely real, this depth and the, you know, sort of who are the stars of this team, you know, that Harbaugh was talking about because other coaches ta- are talking about it a lot too. I mean, P.J. Fleck uh, of Minnesota's head coach, that was kind of the number one thing he said in his press conference leading up to this game was like, you know, that he was asked, like, is this the best team you faced, you know, in your time, you know, in the, in the big 10 so far. And he, he couldn't say that for sure, but he's like, they, they just might be the deepest um, because they're just rotating in guys at various spots. And, you know, they're, they're staying fresh because of it. And you can't tell who these guys are making the plays you're watching on tape. And it's one time it's this guy. Then the next one, it's this guy, like who is the star of the team? They're all stars in a, in a way. Um, and yeah, you're certainly seeing it on, on the defensive line already, Michigan doing that rotation and it being very effective. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think it's becoming more rare, right. In the transfer portal era where guys are all, always searching for the next starting spot or next opportunity, right. Michigan's been able to largely hold on to many other guys without, without issue, without guys leaving. Yes. They've had, you know, they've had the sure guys into the portal too, but like, they're rolling with legitimately probably six or seven stars in the offensive line. None of them have decided to leave. They brought in three transfers who who are basically have been willing to to kind of wait their turn and, and, and win the job. So it's, I think it's a best case scenario for Jim Harbaugh, who is obviously embodies the Bo Schembechler, the team, the team, the team line. This is, I think, what Jim Harbaugh ideally wanted. I mean, remember going back just a couple of years ago, we've been told by players, you know, going back to 2020, even the, the underachieving year in 2019, where this Michigan team had so many players who were me focused, centered around themselves, wanted to be stars, wanted to get the NFL. 
and while that may be the case still with a, with a couple of guys, it doesn't really it hasn't permeated the team, right? It goes back to that that chicken or the egg talk of where you know is the, is the culture the reason they're winning, or are they or or is the winning the result of the culture? Either way, it's it's what I, Jim Harbaugh wants out of the program. I think this is his ideal situation. It's it's obviously paid dividends, and like you said, PJ Flack and others have paid attention. We got to speak to plenty of other players this week. Um, you know, Donovan Edwards, Roman Wilson. Um, you know, I'm not saying we only need to, to focus on the skill players, but you know, they are the the, the bigger names, the ones you know, get get with the ball in their hands. Um, yeah, anything anything from them or, or any of the other uh, you know interviews this week that you guys wanted to mention? I mean, Donovan Edwards continues to be the most entertaining interview on the team i mean you, you never know what you're gonna get when he stands in front of the media and i mean he basically talked about his his critics and and on on tuesday night and says he he hears them and but i mean he there's he doesn't really care about them and he's just trying to try and run harder and um continue to kind of pull out the slump by by running harder and, and hope a, a few of these runs start or long runs are starting to break off but like it's i mean the, the the numbers are not pretty for him but like he, he seems to be in good spirits and um he he makes he makes the interviews entertaining too it's like man i can't believe Kalel bowling store stored before me i'm happy for him but dang i can't believe i haven't found the end zone yet type of stuff so uh yeah i mean he, he's the one that that stood out to me the most and uh, you're just you're just waiting for that one big game to to kind of say, all right, he he's bad, and this is what everyone envisioned for him this season. Donovan has a real high opinion of himself. That, you know, some of it's valid. You know, he likes to compare himself to Kobe Bryant and and LeBron James and and everything else. And he, he said in the in previous interviews that he wants to be the next Barry Sanders. So I, obviously, he's not there yet. Um, I, part of me wonders if. Blake returning has kind of dampened what he was hoping to do this year. Because remember, he had a slow start last year, right? He didn't have a lot of big games early on. He didn't have a lot of big home run hits. Most of them came the final three, four games of the year when when Blake was limited or just flat out not playing. And he was kind of the center of the run game. That just hasn't been the case so far, obviously, with Blake back and him improving week to week. And, um, you know, some of it's been schematic. Teams have, have, have you know, uh, filled the box and prevented, you know, stopped Donovan from breaking some long runs. But uh, and some of it may be offensive line related too, but yeah, he hasn't been able to hit those those big hits yet. I, I do think they will come at some point, uh, probably here in the back half of the year, maybe maybe even in the bigger moments. But it, it, it's right, it, Ryan's right. We haven't gotten the Dobbin Edwards. I think some of us thought the numbers just aren't there yet. Um, I, I do wonder if they're going to start trying getting him more involved in the in, in the slot. They, they've obviously done it at times this year. They should. Yeah, I mean he's he's good with the ball when he has the ball, especially in kind of open field situations. But when you try to bottle him up or the line of scrims, I just I haven't seen the burst out of him that maybe some of us thought we would get um, to you know to break those big runs. He he he. Him and him and Blake are very different runners, and that Blake is always trying to get the extra yard, always trying to get as much as he can. Whereas I think Donovan, and he acknowledges the other day too. He's like, you know, his vision and his about expectation for wanting to get the big runs as opposed to taking the three and four yards he can get. So I, I don't know. It's a work in progress with him. I'm sure he'll find it at some point. But yeah, it's to this point through five games, it's really been a disappointing start. 
Yeah, for as small as Blake is, and I know he's he's known for some of his open field jukes and whatnot, but he's still a pretty good downhill runner too. Like if you need a yard or two, he's going to bulldoze his way, put his head down, and, and, and push through and get those get those short yards too. And I, we just haven't seen that from Donovan. But like you said, I mean, he has been able to pick up yards catching the ball. I mean, twelve catches for over a hundred yards this year, averaging eight point six yards per catch. So it's like. All right, he, he has been relatively effective there. Do you move him out more to the to the slot and and, and give Talal Mullings and Blake Corum more of the lower in the backfield? I, I don't know. I mean, it's, Michigan doesn't really have a, a slot receiver that's really excelled this year, so maybe we'll we'll see them them tinker with that a little bit more. But I mean, to me, whenever I've seen them in the slot, it's like all right, th- this kind of looks like it could be could be something. They might have found something here, but. We asked him about it, and he says he just said whatever the coaches need from him. So it's not like we got a clear answer from him if that how how much that's going to be happening moving forward. Yeah, I think like you guys said, so much of this has to do with how last year finished. I mean the the, the last game of the get of the season regular season against Ohio State in the fourth quarter, he rips off a seventy five yard run, uh, an eighty five yard run. Um, Big Ten championship. He opens the second half with a 60 yard run. And then he opens, you know, the, the playoff game um, you know, against TCU with a 54 yard run. But like those aren't normal. It's not normal to have like, you know, multiple 70, 60, whatever plus yard runs in games. Uh, so you don't know if that just became the norm for him. It's a, it's nice to shoot for that, but maybe not on a down by down basis can actually be a little, you know, counterproductive to actually you know, try to do that. So. I'm glad you brought that up because I asked him Tuesday night when we spoke to him flat out, I asked if those big runs late last year created kind of, you know, high expectations, maybe unfair expectations for him this year. And he kind of laughed and he, he acknowledged yes. But the same token, you know, Donovan, as I said, he's a very confident individual. Uh, he wants to be the best. And, you know, he, he still thinks that that that's what he wants to shoot for. Like those are, those are what he wants. I think that's what he became known for. And I think he likes that. Um, and, and the fact that he hasn't been able to hit, you know, anything beyond, I think 14 or 15 yards this year had, you know, has, has disappointed him. Uh, I, I think it has him scuffling a little bit, but I, I think the coaches have pushed and emphasized him just to get as many yards as he can. And eventually he'll, he'll, he'll break one time will come zero, zero runs this year, 15 yards or more, which is pretty, pretty shocking. And only a couple of, of, of at least 10 yards, which yeah, you definitely did not expect heading into the year. All right. You guys ready to talk uh, Minnesota here? Let's talk some golden gophers. Well, let's let's do it. So, uh, yeah, the game is at um, seven thirty Eastern time, six thirty uh, local in Minneapolis. That's that's what I've seen on the uh, the official game notes. I haven't seen any um, you know later later kickoff time than that. Uh, it's on NBC. I think it's you know also on Peacock, but it's on it's on NBC proper as as well, uh, which I know fans will be happy about. Um, and yeah, you know Minnesota is. Uh, you know, Mike Hart, Michigan running backs coach, said they yesterday they should be uh, four and one, and he, he's right, I guess, because they are three and two, and they blew a twenty-one point fourth quarter lead against Northwestern before losing in overtime. Um, but they could have lost their opener to Nebraska too. They were down at half to Louisiana this past week, so I don't know. Three and two, maybe that's that's about right. So yeah, this this I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not certain this Minnesota team is going to pose a. Uh, a huge challenge we can get into some personnel, but just sort of big picture right away. Um, yeah, is this, you know, I'm thinking about Ryan's comments uh, kind of to start this pod about the laws of gravity. Is this one of the games that maybe Michigan has a bit of a, you know, letdown after, you know, the the road opener, such a big win last week? I, I don't know. 
it, when you look at the numbers for for Minnesota, they don't do anything particularly well. I mean, they're uh, seriously right. They're they're bottom half of the Big Ten in almost every like team statistical category out there. Um, you know, they they can score points. They can play defense. Um, they played a decent schedule to this point. I mean, they had, they they played North, North Carolina. They opened against the they did beat Nebraska. Um, so, it, you know, theory maybe it should be a little closer than, than Michigan's game against Nebraska on Saturday. But I I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if this team, this Gophers team, is equipped to to, to hang with Michigan. Um, you know, their their run defense isn't particularly good. So I expect Michigan to once again try and move the football in the crowd. You know, we heard this week from from uh, Blake Corum and some of the offensive linemen and how they prefer operating in cold weather. Well, Saturday night is going to be a little bit colder than it was uh, last Saturday in Nebraska. So I got to think they're going to wander on the football. I think Blake Corum is – this is probably an ideal situation for him. Uh, I could see this being a, another blowout. Uh, it wouldn't shock me at all because uh, I just – I don't think this Gophers team is very good. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm right with with Aaron. When I saw the the spread for this, I'm like, really? That's that's it? I thought Michigan kind of would be favored by more after what they did to Nebraska. Um, and yeah, I mean, their their quarterback doesn't really impress me very much. I mean, they have a, a freshman running back in Darius Taylor who didn't only had one carry in the opener and then rushed for more than 20 times in the next three games and had a couple huge games, but then didn't play last week because of injury. And I'm, I'm trying to find a status on him and, and haven't been able to find one too. So if they're down their, their top running back and, and <laughs> they're going to need to run the ball and kind of drain that clock. If they're going to have any shot at, at keeping it close against Michigan. And I just don't see them doing that against this Michigan defense. Uh, and uh, I expect another, similar formula to victory for the Wolverines again on, on Saturday. Yeah. That's Darius Taylor running back from Detroit, uh, walled Lake Western high school. Uh, yeah. 24 seven sports had him as a four-star recruit, 23rd best running back in the country, eighth best prospect in Michigan. Uh, of course, Michigan got, you know, a couple running backs in, in this class as well. They got Cole Cabana out of the state and then also, you know, Benjamin Hall from, from Georgia, but yeah, Taylor is the the leading rusher in the country as far as yards per game. But um, yeah, as as Ryan mentioned, he did get hurt in the Northwestern game two weeks ago. Didn't play this past Saturday against Louisiana, and and yeah, I mean, we're gonna find out, uh, you know, on on Saturday when that pregame injury report comes out, um, you know, exactly what his status is. I mean, they plugged in, uh, they they've got a bit of a committee going anyway, and they plugged in a a, a different freshman kind of in his place, and and he won Big Ten Freshman of the Week. Um, you know, this past week. So, you know, they've got they've got some other guys there. But, yeah, the quarterback, Ryan mentioned, uh, Ethan Kaliak-Manis, which, you know, it actually is pronounced kind of the way it looks, although it's it's it's, it's a mouthful. Um, yeah, he's completing 59% of his passes, five touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, yeah, he was a four-star recruit in the same class as, as J.J. McCarthy and also, you know, from Illinois. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I kind of understand what Aaron's saying. They They – they're not they're not really terrible in anything but they're they're not you know great either and might as well mention their other two games since we've mentioned three of them already there was the narrow one at nebraska uh, or first nebraska at home to start the year beat eastern michigan you know relatively easily at home the next week um and then got crushed at north carolina um the the following week before the stunning you know collapse against northwestern and then the the win against louisiana this past week so um I don't know. Yeah, brown brown jug on the line uh, in Minneapolis, but um, yeah, not sure. It doesn't sound like any of us feel that that Minnesota is going to pose too big of a threat in this game. 
No, I, I just think Michigan's got the better team. I mean, they're, the more talent, I think they're better on both sides of the ball. Um, like you said, if Darius Taylor's in play, I think it's certainly going to be game over for for, for Minnesota. Um, you know, he did put up some big numbers, but it came against some you know, not very good teams. So I, I even if he does play, and I, I don't know his status at this point, but I don't, I don't, I'd be surprised if he even cracked over 100 yards, given Michigan's run wall and the defensive defensive line. Sounds like Mason Graham is coming back this week, so that certainly should help. Uh, not only just from a personnel standpoint, but giving them giving them an extra body um, over the middle too. So um, I, I, I don't know. It, it's it is a road game, so you never know how, how Michigan's going to respond there. They they played well. They played well at Nebraska, so you know so far so good. But you you, you never know. It is going to be a different environment. Um, but I, I I don't know. Last year, last time they went to Minnesota was twenty twenty. We didn't know what to expect that game just because that was Joe Milton's debut. It was first game of the COVID year. They played well. You know, that was the only game that season they played well. So uh, I, I don't know. I'm expecting Michigan to win this game heavily, and I don't, I don't think it's going to be relatively close. Aaron brought up uh, Mason Grant potentially returning from injury, and it made me think of another tidbit from this past week too is uh, Jim Harbaugh mentioned in a couple, and Steve Klingsdale as well, is that I mean we kind of knew this, but Rob Moore has been uh, playing banged up this year too. I mean he missed his first three games of the year, came back and, and played a, a – and earned the start against uh, Rutgers, but didn't play a whole lot and um, didn't start last week against Nebraska. And I mean, not going to name who, but one of us didn't even realize he played out there. So that's kind of just shows he hasn't uh, had his, his, his full impact yet that, that we've come to expect from him. I mean, this is a guy that was an honorable mention last year is all big 10 is a sophomore was expected to be a key part of this uh, secondary. And they just, hasn't really been healthy and, and Harbaugh basically said it's like yeah he's playing through battling through something right now and just trying to manage his workload and, and trying to get him healthy while also trying trying to get him reps uh this year too Aaron and I can you know probably will wave to each other in the in the skies I guess he'll be coming back from from Minnesota and I'll be I'll be going out there actually for uh Big Ten basketball media day uh men and women in Minneapolis uh so I don't know not a ton not a ton to preview there we can I can talk about it on a podcast once once i get back but you know a sign that basketball is 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 getting closer hockey's here this week hockey's here this week there you go so uh yeah nhl ga- regular season games are, are happening yes already. no 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 not nhl oh. but you have our okay. mission starts uh opens against providence saturday night about the same time as uh the football game and then sunday afternoon as well so i plan on covering that Sunday game two against Providence, uh, ranked number eighteen to start the year, so it should be decent little test for the Wolverines to to start things off in twenty twenty three. We had a little piece of news as well. The NCA um, did it. They officially change this rule, or it's like being brought to the committee, and and we'll see if it's if it's finalized. Most of these things, I feel like, are, but um, yeah, as far as when coaches are hit with a suspension. Um, you know, it's not just for the game, it's, it's for the practices too. uh, you know, lead, leading up to those games There's a three game suspension. You're out for three weeks, not just three days. Yeah. It's been approved by the division one council, but it, so essentially it's been rubber stamped, but they need to adopt it formally. Um, I, again, NCAA has got this archaic process where it goes through one committee and then another committee, then it's approved. And either way, it sounds like the NCAA is moving toward, yes, a, a, a new rule where any coach found in, in violation of, of rules infractions, in this case, Jim Harbaugh would be a potential candidate. 
uh, yes, they would miss more than just the game, like Jim did the, the, the previous three, uh, his previous suspension. Now, it's important to distinguish that was a school-imposed suspension, so Michigan had the discretion there to do what they wanted. They chose just to suspend him, suspend him for the Saturday game days and not during the week. Um, the NCA can now, you know, if if in fact this is approved or if this is in fact put through, and it sounds like it's going to be, uh, Jim would in fact have to miss more, like you said, more than just game day. It would include practices and meetings and everything else. So in, in addition to some other things too, there's, they're going to, they want to put out a public database lit with a list of coaches who are, who have gotten in trouble in the past, who suffer from violations and have show cause orders and everything else. So I don't know if this is intended to, uh, you know, to aggravate or, you know, uh, anger Jim Harbaugh. I don't know if there's a direct response to that, but it's certainly several of these new rules and we have a story up at mlive.com slash Wolverines on it. Certainly, uh, focus toward uh, some of the things that, you know, being levied against Jim. Yeah. Ironic timing. That's, that's for sure. I wonder if Michigan's seen this now and was wondering like, damn, maybe we should have suspended him for like four games this year and for, for less punishment next year. But I guess, yeah, that's later on down the line. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, this was clearly, yeah. Michigan chose that he would just do the set, the games. I mean, that, that's not really a thing. Typically you're suspended. You're out for that whole time. I mean, when Jawan Howard was suspended, you know, a couple seasons ago, it was it was for that entire period. He wasn't just around the team every other minute of the you know day, except the game day. So, um, yeah, it, this was, uh, yeah, you wonder if how Michigan kind of you know Harbaugh called it a you know a, a club to the knees or the shoulder or whatever. So he he was clearly hurt by having to miss the games, but he and rest of his staff and players also you know kind of uh, were were heavy on the fact that it wasn't a big deal either because he was there at practice. So it really wasn't that much different either. So I, I don't know. It, I, I certainly understand why they'd want to kind of formalize this thing, but I kind of thought from the NCAA's perspective, when they handed out a suspension, that was, that was already the case. So. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see too, how that Michigan suspension is weighed in the NCAA's eyes. You know, do they, do they, the fact that he's only suspended for three games and not the entire week, does that will that factor in and into any additional suspension? I don't know. I think maybe perhaps, but you know, it's it's gonna be interesting if if and when Jim is, you know, is handed another uh, uh suspension fancy to play. All right. Well, you know, I feel like I never never plugged my own story on Noah Stewart, the walk on from Michigan who's got diabetes. Uh, you know, there's you can you can find it now, just Google his name, my name if you want. If you start reading it here, if you're listening to this on you know Thursday or Friday, if you start Friday morning, you start reading it now. You might be able to finish it by by kickoff of, of Michigan Saturday night game against Minnesota. But uh, we'll have more about Minnesota, more leading up to this game, the latest you know injury reports on MLive.com/slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening.